Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter is how you get in touch with us. It is Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That is where you can find us. And, guys, we have a special for you this week. It is our fantasy show, our fantasy focus show Myself, Tom Bart, we're going to go over everything with my colleague, Rotomill fantasy expert, Chuck T. Look, fantasy football, here it is. Everyone's getting excited. You could almost hear it, right? the, the pads cracking. So I brought on Chuck T., our Rotomill fantasy expert, to talk about fantasy football today. Chuck, I know you're as excited as I am, right? Very, very excited. Got here quickly. Kind of came a little unexpected. Been very detailed in baseball this summer. But, uh, you know, hey, we're, we're counting down the weeks. You know, it's anywhere from... Uh, you know, three weeks in for most people. All right, Chuck, let's let's dive right in here. Now, we're going to start off with quarterbacks. I want to have a conversation about quarterbacks because every year we talk about quarterbacks. Don't draft them early. Don't draft them high. Don't do it. On average, uh, basically the number one quarterback last year compared to everybody else, about number 10 or 11 is about six points. Okay? I mean, that's really what you're talking about. Uh, you do have some some spark years every now and then you got a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes or whatnot. But generally speaking, the league is getting deep. The league now has a couple of rookies that people are interested in. So let's start at the top. I think we both are in agreement that you have to go safety. You have to go Mahomes at top. I have Allen coming in at my number two. You can have a Kyler Murray in there. I think at the top is very, very good. But then, Chuck, I see a lot of questions after that. Lamar Jackson becomes a question. People looking at him, maybe four or five, he's a question mark. Aaron Rodgers, he could be a question mark at four or five. You know, are you looking at a Dak Prescott? What about Russell Wilson, who often has great first eight weeks, terrible second eight weeks? Um, so you start to look at this. Where do you throw a Justin Herbert in there? You start to look at the conversation when you look at quarterbacks, and I'm still there. Chuck, I'm not overpaying for a quarterback in Mahomes. I'm not overpaying for a Josh Allen or a Murray. I will wait, and I have no problem taking a guy 8, 9, 10, even 11 or 12. You know, I also hate to say this, but in a format, one of the formats I play in, I protected um, Joe Burrows. And I really could avoid overbidding for a quarterback, like you just said, and maybe just waiting to bring back that guy for me. I might otherwise draft him in round five, maybe something like that. But I could certainly see myself getting value um, from exercising a franchise option on him and bringing him back for nothing. 
you know, it's out there for me. Gone are the days where we watch a first-round quarterback go, right? There were times where Peyton Manning was going in the first round. There were a couple of times where Aaron Rodgers was going in the first round. I know everybody went out there and took Patrick Mahomes in the first round. You know, gone are those days. It's just, it's not that they're any worse. The numbers are better, but so are the numbers are better for everyone. We didn't mention Stafford. We didn't mention Brady. We didn't mention Ryan Tannehill. I mean, it's a very deep group this year. So, by and large, where would you start looking at a Patrick Mahomes? If he's not, I think we're both in agreement he's not a first-rounder. In a standard 12-team snake draft, when does Patrick Mahomes' name start coming up? Not for everybody. For you, Chuck. For me, he should be in my radar screen when I am looking at the 10th, 11th, or 12th pick of round two. So call that player 21 to 24. For me, that's the ideal range on him. Um, That's where I'm looking for him. So generally speaking, I, I I think we're on the same vein. I'm I'm not letting him get past me in the third round, you know, which means I probably won't get Mahomes because someone's going to grab him in the second round. Who's your second quarterback off the board? Like I said, I'm going Josh Allen. I was heavily invested in Josh Allen last year. I had him for MVP. I put a little prop bet on him uh, before the year for that. I loved him. He's on all my teams. I liked him as number two. I could see the argument for Kyler Murray, though, for sure, especially with that running floor and what they did on offense. I'm not going to argue too much if he's your number two. Hey, a lot of people have Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott's getting a lot of love. Who do you have as your number two? I honestly would think that another owner will make this decision for me. In other words, the guy that takes Josh Allen just gave me Kyler Murray and vice versa. That's to me. To me, they're a coin flip. And so to me, whichever guy, maybe an opponent, makes that decision for me, You know, provided I'm not stuck in waiting eight picks to get back to me you know if it's if it but if they if guys are going where i expect them to go um to me that's a coin flip on those two now you mentioned joe burrow let's talk about guys with injuries because there's quite a few of them right burrow is a guy that looked really good when he went down he was in that conversation for a a qb1 i think he was ended at about 14 when he went down all right you could push him up there he's got more receivers this year but a guy that still has a bad offensive line he's coming off of an injury you have a dak prescott i've mentioned him a couple of times here because dak was like oh he was the best quarterback in the history of quarterbacks well yeah he also played a historically bad atlanta defense right he also had terrible defense that he was going up against and now again injured problem uh you go back to even a guy that that no one's even really paying attention to guys like Tom Brady look I hate to say you know I've been the biggest Brady backer ever but at 44 years old and a 17 game season well there's injuries Aaron Rodgers is only one season removed from people going eyes too banged up to play right so the, the question about quarterbacks and injuries, does it scare you off, or is that a position where you say, you know what, because he's the franchise quarterback, I think they're going to be careful with him? I, I, I tend to be a warrior and not with an A. <laughs> I'm a warrior with an O. And so I would, you know, the guy that to me has the fewest blemishes of all of these guys that we're talking about is Justin Herbert. I really think the star is very bright there. I really like that player. There's a lot of question marks with the other ones. And you know something, too? Is there maybe a little bit of, you know, a slight dimming of Patrick Mahomes after that Super Bowl? You know, what what does that do for his psyche going forward? Because he was not the greatest of current times in that game. And the, the greatest of all time beat him. And I wonder what that 
what that really does for the psyche too. For me, the injuries are are concerning. Dak with a, a, a shoulder problem worries the heck out of me. Um, obviously, the severity of the, the leg injury last year. Um, and again, um, Aaron Rodgers is a is a is a coin flipped for me as to what where his head is screwed on right or not. So, um, you know, I, I I hate to say it, the injury factor does play pretty big role for me. Ruins your season if you, it ruins your season if you gamble high and and take a guy a little bit where ahead of where you should have because you missed out on maybe another you know great offensive player that could have paired up with your first round pick. Maybe the safest player in the NFL right now is Russell Wilson. Guys, never missed a game ever. Um, you know what he has. He started off last year where there were prop plays. Would he beat the 55 touchdown mark? Right. You could have bet on will Russell Wilson eclipse the touchdown mark? Because I mean, he was flying high. But I've owned Russell Wilson every year. Okay, I was at games where Russell Wilson when he played for North Carolina State. So I'm a big fan of his. But I've owned him every year, and I know get a late season backup that you feel okay. Okay with because the last couple of years, what has happened? First eight, nine weeks of the season, Russell Wilson MVP. Last nine weeks of the season or so, Pete Carroll running game. So he's safe. He's a guy that I cannot say a bad thing about. But Chuck, I don't know if I'm buying in this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I have, I have the same concerns. Um, there, there is, you know, there. This is, this is the season where your, your handcuff is crucial at quarterback. This is your year where, um. There really is that that you know the, the the fine line between ten games played and sixteen games played seventeen now in the new schedule, um, the, that fine line between coming in with ten games and coming in with seventeen is much finer than ever before. You mentioned Justin Herbert, fantastic playoff schedule, fantastic, and Russell Wilson's is brutal, man. Uh, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott. Dak's got Washington twice there at the end. Brutal playoff schedule, just to throw that out there. we got about three minutes left. Let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about, that is rookie quarterbacks. I have been adamant that Trevor Lawrence is a generational quarterback. I think the guy is absolutely money, money, money. I'm going to reach for him. I'm going to grab him. I love his playoff schedule. I think the Jaguars are going to be behind. He's going to be throwing. But even with all that said, uh, I don't know if I could say that he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. I'm still thinking of him as, hey, he's going to have a great season, maybe gets into 12. I don't think Trey Lance starts, but he could be a league winner late. What if Garoppolo stays healthy, though? I don't know if uh, Lance uh, is a guy that is on anything like Fields, right? Fields might not start early, but I think he's going to be very good. Wilson is going to start. No one's taking Wilson. To me, I will take Wilson over Fields and Lance if you want consistency. If you want pure upside, you're only doing it for I'm taking a shot. Look, all of them could work. What do you think about these rookies? My, the rookies look attractive to me is in DFS. I, it, when I am coming up against a weak defense late in the season, that when these rookies have got the month of September maybe past them, I really like the, the concept of not overbidding in a DFS game, maybe not you know spending the mega mega bucks that I would otherwise be subject to. I really do like the concept of playing Lawrence in a, in a DFS week late in the season against a bad defense. How about Tua? Tua last year coming off of a massive injury, admitted he didn't know the playbook, uh, admitted that it was a complicated offense. Fitzpatrick was going really well. Tua said, look, I wasn't even ready to be thrust into it. I think Tua has a bounce back. Again, he's not a bad handcuff. Same thing with the guy that took over his job. I'll take Ryan Fitzpatrick because when he gets hot, man, he can have four or five wins in, in a row for you. 
I'll take a backup of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'll take a backup of Tua this year as well. Yeah, and again, you know, Tua uh, on cheat sheets is coming in around 15, 15th quarterback taken. Again, that's attractive to me to play DFS weak matchups in the second half of the season. Not a bad guy also to handcuff your, your, your number one quarterback, though. At 15, you know, where will you see him go? Probably in the sixth round of your draft, depending. Maybe in, maybe somebody reaches above that. But to me, it looks like a sixth-round pick that would be pretty solid. Baker Mayfield, better real-life quarterback than fantasy quarterback. People loving Cleveland this year. He's not on my radar at all. He won't be rostered on one of my teams. What's your thoughts on Baker? I'm there with you, too. He's so attractive to watch the the, the ball has such zip on it when he's when he's going good and it looks good. But it's all highlight stuff. That's really what it is. There's very little substance there. I'm staying clear, too. Well, guys, I mean, quarterbacks is always a lightning position to talk about. It's something that we can have a, a good time talking about. But the reality is, in fantasy, the difference between a 1 and a 10 is usually not that great. Even a 1 and a 12, weight in your drafts, like Chuck said. I said, not going to the top. Uh, <laughs> we're not going in the first two rounds. Probably not going to land Mahomes, either one of us. We are sitting in with Chuck T., our Rotomill fantasy expert. And Chuck, now the meat and gravy, right? Now we're moving on to the wide receivers. We talked about the quarterbacks. Almost in a way in fantasy that it's the least respected position, right? <laughs> Unless your league still does kickers. Let's talk about wide receivers because we already had a conversation, me and you off the air, about oh, who do you like number one overall? You know, look, I have to go with Devontae Adams. I'm a Bears fan, okay, but I can't overlook the connection that Adams and Rodgers have. If you're an Adams owner, you got to love the idea, Chuck, that they're calling it the last dance. It's Adams' contract year. You know, the coaching staff might not call Adams' number all the time, but you know Rodgers is going to make sure Adams gets his money, which means gets his balls, which means gets him into the end zone. I'm going Devontae Adams number one overall here, and I would think about taking Adams – in the late first, if you're, you're pick 10, 11, 12, I would absolutely be able to take Adams there. I've seen him go in some leagues as high as five or six. I'm not sure I'm going to go that crazy because wide receivers this year to me are massively deep. I have Adams one. I would go Diggs number two. I still think that production is going to be there. I think Allen loves to throw it and throw it deep, and that's who look, his guy is Diggs. And I got Tyreek Hill coming in at three. It's not only because he was injured this preseason. It's also because he's been injured in his career. He's a spark guy. He's not a consistent contributor. He's a guy that, you know, goes out there and gets 100 yards and, and four touchdowns in one game. And then the next day, what does he got? You know, he's got uh, three catches for 65 yards and no touchdowns. So I like the consistency. Give me Adams, Diggs, and Hill. And that's my first tier. You know, and quite a few of the the mocks that I'm looking at um, honestly have them going 10, 11, and 12 in your first round. And they're, you know, it's consistently Adams won. He, uh, Tyreek Hill, anywhere goes from, sometimes he goes for the 11th, sometimes he goes in the 12th slot. But it, it is always those three. And, you know, part of me still feels pretty okay if I miss out on those three. I'll be perfectly honest with you because it is so deep. There is so much out there. You know, one of the guys that I continue to appreciate a lot is Calvin Ridley. I really like him. And it's not the end of the world for me to come back to the middle of round two and take Calvin Ridley. It doesn't bother me. If I had a choice there, maybe get a better running back at the end of the first round, maybe take my quarterback at the end of the first round, that option exists. I may, you know... To me, a little risk going in for a wide receiver, such a deep position to spend a first-round pick there, that's a little bit of a strategy that sometimes I've avoided in the past. 
Calvin Ridley worries me a little bit that he's going to be the number one guy getting number one coverage. Just a little bit. That's why I, I know I, I know a lot of people talk about the big four. He's out of the big four for me just because of that. Yeah, definitely. And again, I, I've seen him going anywhere from 17 to 24 in projections. And so and that I'm very comfortable taking him 20. You know, if I get hit by if I get him with the 20th pick in the draft late second round, I'm pretty OK with that. How about DeAndre Hopkins? As solid as solid can be, the Arizona, from a fantasy perspective, the Arizona schedule is the easiest in all of football when you're talking about uh, the postseason, your playoff weeks, those four weeks at the end, which this year, remember this year with 17, you're talking about weeks 13, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, as solid as can be. Then you got guys like Metcalf, Brown, Jefferson, you know, I don't expect Jefferson to have that good of a year. I worry about Brown now with Julio, even though, you know, he beats the metrics. Metcalf had a great first half, not a great second half. Uh, give me the consistent Hopkins all day long. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. You know, Met, I think Metcalf has a fantastic ability to become consistent and become a rock and a solid contributor, um, but not there yet. And so he's a Dondre Hopkins wannabe when you think about it. That's what you'd love Metcalf to grow to, and you already have that for Hopkins. So you might want to take, you know, again, Hopkins and Ridley are interchangeable there at the end of this round too. I'm pretty comfortable with either guy. I probably won't have a top 10 receiver because the guys that I, I like a lot are outside the top 10, and this is, happens to me almost every year. Instead of having just one top 10 guy, I usually have two top 12 guys. I think Terry McLaren is absolutely going to explode this year. He finally has a quarterback. Finally has a quarterback that could go deep. He also has other receiving options underneath. The running game will be better. I'm big on this Washington team, but McLaren, I think, is going to explode. And Allen Robinson, I don't care who his quarterback is, okay, because he doesn't care who his quarterback is. He has played with the dregs of society when it comes to quarterbacks. And guess what? Allen Robinson, every single year he's healthy, has been a top 12 quarter uh, wide receiver. If Fields comes in and he is the guy that we think he's going to be, Allen Robinson could finally break into the top 10. Talk to me about McLaren and Robinson. Yeah, I, lo- I love both guys. McLaren, since he's been here, was a, such a precocious rookie. He did so much that a rookie doesn't do. He was so dependable. And then he had a good consolidation year in year two. Continued to show that. And I think he really, if, if, if he is available at the beginning of round three, I think it's a flat-out steal. I really do. I think you're getting second-round talent there. It slips into the round two, uh, round three. If he slips into round three in your draft, you, you gotta you gotta remember what I'm telling you today. Go get him. He's that's a good pick there. If you can get him in the beginning of round three. To give you a, another name, the guy again. This is all gonna depend upon Dak's shoulder. But if Dak's shoulder is good, I like C. D. Lamb. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about uh, the a couple of teams here in Tampa Bay and Dallas where you can get. Two guys in the top 15. I mean, is there a possibility that CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper both go as top 15 guys? Can they both be wide receiver ones? I don't know if there's enough there, especially with Zeke being there. I love the talent of C.D. Lamb. Uh, but Amari Cooper's being drafted inside the top 15. Lamb's going just about 12. I don't think that this team's going to have two number one receivers. And I think the same thing with Tampa Bay. I've been very high on Chris Godwin, okay? I like Godwin a lot. But when Antonio Brown came in, Godwin was number two there. You could kind of see him take a little hit. Mike Evans is the clear number one. But I'm not taking Evans this year. Godwin takes a little bit of a back step to me as well. It's kind of like the Dallas situation. Too many mouths to feed, and it scares me a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I, again, I I see that, and of course, with a with an uncertain quarterback situation on the health side, um, it's a very risky play, a uh, very risky play. So again, I might look at him more from a DFS perspective than a season long format because um, with the right defense, I think that he's a good play on a given week, but may not be uh, for you to to again spread uh, you know spread a wide receiver one across two guys. It's difficult. It's difficult. I mentioned a name there, Antonio Brown. Don't breeze over it, Chuck. What? Where are you looking at Brown? I mean, look, he's got the talent. He's got the skills. Brady likes him. You know, I think, look, to me, he's a guy that you take as your third wide receiver or a, or a guy that you take as your fourth wide receiver because that's where he's being drafted, even lower than that. I, hey, he's got some upside. He may not be young, but he's got a young guy upside. And I'll take him over a rookie that, you know, you're rolling the dice with. I agree with you about that on on him as a choice over a rookie for certain. Um, you know, Brady has these relationships that that he really can be a fountain of youth for a guy a guy too. And so when when Brady connects with a guy, you pay attention and you take note. And you know, he could be. And again, if you can sneak him through round five of your draft, you know, low round five, it's a good pick. I'm going to go against everything I just said here where I don't like to have two guys, but at their ADP, I like both of the Rams receivers, and I like them for a couple of years. I like them with Jared Goff. Give me Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, who are both kind of hanging around number 20 wide receiver. You're talking about people are picking them as their number two or number three wide receivers. I think Cup and Woods, you can pick them any of the last couple of years and be happy with their production. Now with Matthew Stafford and with no real established running game, I think you see even more out of both of these guys. To me, I'll be on the Rams wide receivers, even though it's a duo, because their ADP is telling me I can. I agree with you. And, you know, one of the things that I don't know if you noticed this in your season-long formats, but I woke up some weeks with um, five or six names that I wanted to play in a given week, and there's only three roster spots for it. And I noticed it particularly last season. Again, I had a lot of these names on my team, and they were not necessarily where I was bargain hunting to get them. But there were some. There was an accumulation of names. So again, uh, I hear you about that. Cooper Cup's a great name, great player. All right, let's keep with the uh, team themes here, right? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, lots of weapons. You already said you liked uh, Joe Burrow. All of them are being drafted outside the top 25 uh, wide receivers. So you're talking about you know number two, three receivers. Everyone's expecting big things out of Chase. I love what I watched in Higgins, and Boyd is consistent. I don't mind having any of them, though. I think there's going to be enough balls to go around for all of them because Cincinnati's going to be losing so much. Yeah, uh, and and definitely, you know, the, again, uh, much is going to be determined if if, uh, if Joe Burrows is ready to go in week one. The signs seem to be pointing towards that. I'm a little bit nervous that he may not be very good in week one but i definitely see him playing september games so again yeah there's going to be they're going to be playing from behind a lot and are you a chaser be, or a higgins guy i think i like higgins i do like i think i like t higgins yeah that's my preference there all right let's go to denver Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you got two, but you got no quarterback. They're being drafted about number 30 overall out of the wide receivers. I mean, you're talking about this is a wide receiver three. Give me either one. I'll take Judy. I'll take Sutton. I was big on Sutton before the injury, and I know they got Drew Locke. I get it. But Drew Locke does have a big arm, right? I mean, the guy's not accurate. I'm not asking him to win the Super Bowl. Just throw the ball up and and 
hope that one of these guys run under it. I'll take it. I'm not that down on Drew Locke as everybody else is. My 12-year-old son came with me to my draft last year, my 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 big draft, the one that I really – winning that one is the one that all the pride goes into. And so my son came with me, and he tugged on my arm, and he said, can I make our first pick in the taxi round? And I said – Okay, go ahead. You you waited all year, and we so we do our picks in the first fifteen rounds based on a pre format of you know taking two quarterbacks, two running backs, so, such and such. We get to the taxi, and he's got a name. Dad, I'm gonna pull this name out. It's gonna blow you away. It was Jerry Judy, and uh, I mean you know every week the guy he really did he really looked great. Um, in Denver, he's my guy. Mainly because he's Aiden's guy. That's my son's name, and uh, and Aiden loves him, and uh, I I grew to love him too. Mainly, and and I might not have scouted him otherwise. Interesting. Well, we're talking about two-headed monsters. How about a three-headed monster? I like all of these players: Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. Juju, they're all being drafted outside the top 25 wide receivers, all inside the top 35 wide receivers. So, I mean, this is this is crazy. Uh, look, I was a guy that had Claypool. I love what he did for me last year. I think Deontay Johnson's the best of the bunch, but Juju over the middle helps. Ben Roethlisberger has a terrible deep ball at this stage in his career, but I, I know he's going to get the ball out. I am a Deontay Johnson guy, but I might be shying away from all the Pittsburgh receivers. You know, Claypool, his ADP drops to nine bucks. That's, I mean, uh, his 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 salary average salary is nine bucks. That really is interesting. Um, I may not bite on that. Um, again, um, Judy might come for me before Chase Claypool, but definitely Juju Smith Schuster. I think jumps there as a value that I should be taking ahead of uh, ahead of them for sure. And then last, don't laugh at me, this is my own personal here, Chuck. I'm just going to kind of give everybody, I like all the Jacksonville receivers at their ADP. I think Marvin Jones has been one of the best dynasty buys, fantasy buys, late round guy. You don't have to worry. He's been one of the best forever. And I'm not asking him to be anything more than my number three. DJ Chark, you want to be my number three wide receiver? I'll take a shot with you as my number three wide receiver in a position where you have a better quarterback, in a position now where Jacksonville is going to be throwing a lot, in a position where they're going to be coming from behind a lot. And my guy this year was my guy during the draft when we talked about it, LaVishka Chenault Jr. He is the go-everything, be-everywhere type of player that Urban Meyer utilized so well at his time at Ohio State. And you can tell me that maybe it won't transfer over from the college game to the pro game, but I'm getting a guy with massive athleticism. He had some injury history, okay? Massive athleticism. Would have been a top-10 pick had he not gotten hurt in Colorado. And he is a guy that I am all over. I'm going to be buying him everywhere. All three Jacksonville receivers are all on my radar. I can't believe I'm saying it. I can't wait for the words to stop coming out of my mouth, but I like all three of them, guys. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Lots more with Chuck T., our Rotomill fantasy expert, right here on Wagering Week. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get to gamble before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? Well, we're talking about quarterbacks, and we're talking about rookie quarterbacks, and I have rookie of the year odds up. How about Jones and Wilson sitting back at 10 to 1 odds? Justin Fields plus 850. Trey Lance, 8 to 1 odds. And Trevor Lawrence comes in as the favorite, holding steady at solid 3 to 1 odds. That is what are the odds? We are talking fantasy football here. Let's move on 
to the running backs. And the running backs, this is where everyone's concentrating on. I think this year we have a clear number one. Everyone's going back to Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry's got to be right there. Dalvin Cook is right there. To me, it's a one, two, three that you really can't overly argue with uh, unless you want to get real picky. For the order for me, you know, look, it is one, two, three. We know that. And then there's a slight drop off. I know how good Henry can be. I worry about the carries. I could get into that when I tell you, look, I look back at last year, 2,000 yards is nice. 378 carries is not. 303 carries the year before that. There is not a good history with carries like that. So I got him at number three. Dalvin Cook, I worry about the injuries. He's got a history of injuries all the way back to Florida State. I know he's got great numbers, injuries. And I'll go with Christian McCaffrey. Look, I think he's going to be what we watched him be before the injury. I'm going McCaffrey, Cook, and Henry. And unless you have pick one, two, three in your snake draft, you're not getting one, two, or three. I think they go one, two, three at running back. I think they go one, two, three overall. I think unless you have a quirky format, they're going to be the highest paid if you're doing a a paid league. To me, McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, that's my order. I am willing to allow some some process in my mind to accept that I might take Saquon Barkley with the with the pit with at wow. three. that is bold wow. but that payoff is maybe potentially huge i but have barkley outside my top 10 outside your top 10 yep. see i have him sneaking into the top three i can i can i i think that's a bold person who does that i don't see why if let, let's let's put it this way if mccaffrey and cook are off the board then you're taking a bet that barkley could be better than henry and I don't know that I see that. The, but ca- the carries worry you. The carries. I, I mean, could, because you're talking about 700 carries. I mean, with the yeah. playoffs, 700. Look at history. The the biggest yeah. history that I always talk about on the show, Sean Alexander. People forget Sean Alexander was, was a dynamo. Too many carries. Yep. Out of the league, yep. like two years later. Yep. Yep. And, and so that's what that's what. And relatively, Barkley has really not been pounded. The body has, though he's been hurt with leg injuries, he has not taken the abuse. So. Um, Barkley, to me, still looks like a bit of a young spring chicken, and that's why I think I could possibly entertain that thought. I like him much better than Alvin Kamara, I'll say that. I'm never going to take Kamara again. My worries with Barkley are not only the injury, because he might be miss game one, but the ramp up, also the idea that Daniel Jones is a, is a liability, and the idea that if the Giants are out of it late, why are they going to force Barkley in 15, 16, 17 when I need him the most? That's my worry there. Kamara, I agree with you. I'm down on Kamara. Kamara's been my guy for 10 years, okay? I'm down on him. Um, uh, 10 years. Guy's not been in the league. You, you know what I mean. Uh, uh, but I've been down. It feels da- like 10 years. It does feel like 10. <laughs> but I've had him forever, you know, and I like him. I think he's going to be fine, uh, but he's just not going to be up there. Ezekiel Elliott, I have the same kind of worries. Uh, Dak's injury is, you know, is. Elliott, a guy that Pollard is going to start to kind of take advantage of. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I worry about. Look, oh, he had a great six games. They were against bad defenses. I don't know who his quarterback's going to be week one. I'm not sure any of us really uh, feel comfortable Wentz even healthy. So the guy that I would be taking at number four is a little bit of a surprise. Four or five for me, Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. I love Nick Chubb. I know in a PPR league you got to knock him down. This guy is the best pure runner. Uh, Cleveland loves to run the ball. Stefanski loves to run it. I I know what I'm getting out of Nick Chubb. Maybe he doesn't produce like a number four, but he's not going to produce outside of the top 15, which Barkley might, Kamara might, Elliott might, Taylor might. 
I have him, and then Aaron Jones, you know what you're getting from Aaron Jones. The minute Aaron Rodgers said he's coming back, Jones and Adams skyrocketed in my rankings. You know, again, much of this depends, too, upon what pick do you get. Because if I get the fifth pick in the draft, am I jumping in there to take a wide, a running back that's not my that I'm in love with? And then, but if I do end up with a draft pick that's in the top four and I can get a pick that I love, if I can't, let's just say I can get... Um, Derrick Henry, and I and I get him with the fourth pick of the draft. Let's say I get that. Ha- that happens for me. Now I can come back round two. I can go take my quarterback. I can go get my the player I want there, and I start to the flesh starts to round out on the skeleton. And I love that possibility. I really feel that it'll be it'll be a disappointment if I don't get a top four pick this year, just because of the way the talent is slotting out this way. The the second half running backs there in the first round don't look great to me so I don't really want to get one of those guys and, and I feel like I'm settling then you know that, that that's that's you know um, that's getting the pick that you know I felt obligated to take but maybe wasn't the one that I was enthused about I, I really need one of the top four picks in this draft I'm big on Antonio Gibson this year. I think uh, he's going to be good. I worry about his passing yardage uh, situation. Austin Eckler, I like him a lot. Again, I worry about him pounding the ball up the middle. J.K. Dobbins, love him. He doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Joe Mixon is a disaster. I'm sorry, I'm not going anywhere near him. People love him. I won't go near him. My guy in that second kind of tier, I, I got two guys. Chris Carson, look solid, steady, boring, but I'll take him. And I am huge on Najee Harris this year just because of opportunity. I already bet him on the over the eight touchdowns. I already got that done. I couldn't believe it was eight touchdowns. I told uh, LeVon Kirkland that, the ex-Pittsburgh Steeler on the air a couple of weeks ago. He had a, Wait, what? <laughs> you know, And that was my reaction to that. You know, the... Najee Harris becomes a very intriguing guy to me at with with, with let's just say I, I don't get a top four pick and I get the tenth pick in the draft. If I get the tenth pick in the draft and I exercise a franchise right on him, he becomes my running back for year two and it doesn't cost me anything. So uh, in those formats where you have a dynasty player, this is the best dynasty player that we've seen in maybe four or five years. Um, the, the because it's a running back and it's a, it looks like a running back that's going to get maybe 275 carries his first season. That's so rare. So go through the books, try to find me how many of those guys do that. It's rare. This is a terrific player with terrific talent, with terrific opportunity, and that's why I like him. Guys I could see explode, I won't own a single share of them. DeAndre Swift, sure he's on. Uh, There's nobody other options yet. Yeah, it's still Detroit. Josh Jacobs, uh, they brought in competition for him. I'm sorry. That that is going to take away. Miles Sanders, I was all big on Miles Sanders last year. I don't believe in that Philly offense. Daryl Henderson has every opportunity. I don't believe he's getting 250 plus carries. Mike Davis is the same kind of thing. So that next grouping, I won't own any of them. Any of those guys jump out at you. Oh boy. Uh, You know, to be honest, you know, Jacobs to me still holds value. I, you know, again, if I'm talking about round two with a running back, you know, I, I don't mind taking J.K. Uh, Dobbins there. That doesn't bother me. Um, so uh, again, either of those two guys, I, I think I'd be fine with. The other, the other choices to me, not exciting. I'm not into any of those names. Damian Harris might be uh, the guy in New England, but, man, Belichick could drive us crazy, right? And then what about Denver? Melvin Gordon could be good. Javante Williams could be good. Maybe they have a two-headed attack that can sustain enough there. But I'm confused there, and I'm confused in Miami because Miles Gaskin should be the guy, but they bring in Brown. Give me some clarity on these weird, muddled situations. You know, these these 
these situations in, in towns like Miami difficult to, to difficult to take a look at. I hate like you alluded, um, New England drives me crazy. That's a Belichick thing. Um, one of the names that that you know I've given some thought to is uh, the New York Jets situation with Michael Carter. Not not a not a bad name there. I like. I think I think he's got very very solid potential in numbers. People just kind of fall off of the Jets just because they're going. You know what? They're not going to run the ball because they're not going to be up enough to run the ball. And, and Michael Carter, though, listen, if you're it's the same thing I said with Wilson. I don't need him to be good in real life. You know, just get me some fantasy numbers, right? I, I hate yeah. to say it like that, but, you know, there are people that just will not draft on bad teams. And I'm going, wait, you're missing the boat. Just a couple other names I'm going to throw out there for the listeners here. Uh, Zach Moss, I think, is going to be better this year. He could be a, a kind of a pop guy. Uh, Travis Etienne catching the ball out of the backfield. He might be that guy. Kareem Hunt, obviously. I love those guys that come out of the backfield to catch the ball. If Chase Edmonds is the guy in Arizona, I like his skill set. And I am staying far away from the San Francisco and Tampa Bay just conglomerate there at this point. Mostert, I think, is the man, but Trey Sermon certainly might be. Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette looked really good at the end of the year there, but Ronald Jones probably has more talent. So running backs this year, weirdly, after that first, I would say, 17, 16, 17 guys drops off really quickly, and we haven't seen that happen in a bunch of years. Chuck T., our Roto-Mill fantasy expert, is sitting down with us going over everything in the world of fantasy. And, Chuck, uh, we did every other position. We're not really going to talk about kickers. I'm watching that be phased out in fantasy circles. And, you know, defenses, I think we all kind of understand defenses, but I do want to talk about tight ends. Not going to spend that much time on it. I'm a big tight end guy, but I think this year, Chuck, it is one, two, three, and everybody else. It is Kelsey. It is Kittle. It is Waller. And then it is everyone else. To me, Kelsey's clearly number one. I don't think many people are going to argue that. Uh, Kittle coming back. Hey, if he gets Trey Lance, maybe he can make a push. Waller, if he could stay healthy, he looked really good last year. After those three, you got guys like everyone's looking at Pitts. I warn everyone, first-year tight ends, they have a steep learning curve. Uh, Andrews looked good, but he had a lot of drops last year. You go down, and you start to say, okay, after even those five, doesn't it just become almost a guessing game at that point? It really does, and what really is interesting is that the only guy at tight end that you might even consider drafting in the first round is Kelsey, and then the next guy might not be taken until round three or four. So you do get this situation where it's Kelsey or nobody, even some could argue, because, you know, really what's to distinguish uh, Mark Andrews from, you know, uh, George Kittle? Right. Well, you know, and then, like you said, People are on Hawkinson. Again, you're hoping for a Detroit wide receiver. You know, Dallas Goddard, now he's got Ertz back. Noah Fant is there. But again, Denver, and he's the third or the fourth option. Robert Tanyan had a nice little year last year. But again, he's the third option. You start to go down the list. I like Mike Gazeki, who's being outside the top 12. Hey, give me Mike Gazeki if I'm looking for. If I'm waiting, I'll take a Mike Gazeki. I'll take a Logan Thomas if I'm waiting. You get Rob Gronkowski. If you're waiting, if you're you really want to wait. Um, Jaru Smith, I know everyone's high on him, but look, aren't there two receivers in New England now? Adam Troutman might be a guy. I'm throwing out a bunch of these names because that's kind of what it is, right? Fersker, Komet, you could have a shot. To me, look, if you are missing out on the top three, don't 
dive in for Andrews or Pitts or Hawkinson. If you miss out on those top three, wait until you're the last guy selecting and get two of them. You give me a combination of Gazeki and Gronkowski, and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. You give me a combination of uh, Janu Smith and Evan Ingram, I'm okay. You know, so good. Just make sure you back it up and get two of them. Is that kind of where you're at? I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, again, when you see a Hawkinson going an average of 73, um, that's six round. You know, so again, that doesn't really that that doesn't uh, there's no there's not there's to me there's no there's no positional scarcity there. There's nothing to worry about. You again, you could if you, I think if you don't get Kelsey, you just sit it out. You know, you settle for what you get. Then at that point, I'm okay with that. And I'm a guy, by the way, in a 12 team league, I'll take Kelsey 11, 12. I might look at him at 10, just because you have such a disparity between him and everyone else. That's it. All right, let's talk about a little bit of sleepers and busts here. Who are your sleepers this year? Give me a couple of those. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump sleeper. I really am very high, believe it or not. I think he's gonna take the step forward again to me because I even am entertaining him at three. I think Saquon Barkley is a major sleeper. Major sleeper. He's a sleeper because when I tell people I'm not taking him in the first round, people don't really blink an eye. You know, yeah, okay. You know, he's outside. Yeah, he, being no. outside the top 10 running backs, he's not terrible. So, yeah, all right. I'm giving you credit for a sleeper there. Sure. What else you got? Um, I, uh, you know, at the quarterback position, I, I really think Burroughs is a major sleeper, too. I think that this is a guy that really was showing signs, incredible poise as a rookie. Um, I definitely could see him having a number of 400-yard days. I really like his possibilities, too. All right. What about a wide receiver? You have a wide receiver for us? Um, wide receiver, believe it or not. I, I was catching a pulse, and we didn't mention him in the wide receiver section, but I was feeling a pulse out of um, Odell Beckham Jr. last year, too. And I think he's a long-forgotten man, and I think he could be an interesting sleeper out of the wide receiver spot. That is definitely, that is a deep, deep sleeper. I, I, I like that one. Um, for me, you know, I, I told you, I like all of these wide these, these quarterbacks, and when you start to talk about deep quarterbacks, I think Wilson is a guy, you know, and we talked about a couple of the Jets maybe being, you know, those guys. Um, what about running back when, when we're talking about sleepers? Is a guy, I want to throw you somebody that I always seemingly have as a sleeper, and then his basically uh, mirror image is Terry Cohen and James White. These are guys that I have on every team seemingly every year. They're flex position guys, bye week guys. Do you believe in either one of these guys? I gotta be honest. No, I don't. I'm not, I, I just I'm not biting on that apple um, with those two guys. I don't. I don't see. Uh, again, I don't see the 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 the, the play to play usage. I just don't see the reps. You know? what, what about some busts? Who's gonna fall and be miserable? I, I, I guess Saquon Barkley would have been in mind if we're going with that. But yeah. no, I don't think he's gonna be miserable. I just I'm not taking him in the first round. I think Alvin Kamara is gonna have an injury riddled season and be a major disappointment for teams. Um, he's been overdrafted for so long. I think that's gonna continue again. Again, when I see him listed as uh, the fourth, um, the fourth running back, and possibly a pick that could be as high as six in the first round of some drafts. Uh, it's going to disappoint you, I think, if you have Alvin Kamara. I, I, I expect him to be. I think he's going to be a big bust this year. That would be a big bust. All right, who else? Um, believe it or not, at quarterback, I think it's going to be an injury season for Dak Prescott again. Um, so that is a guy I think that's poised. Uh, it seems their team is... Uh, dependent, heavily dependent upon him, and I don't really see a good backup that's ready to go, good to go out of the, out of the, you know, out of the shoot there. So that would be a major disappointment. It would ruin another Dallas season. 
And if Dak goes down, it's fair to say Zeke's going to have a bad year. Yep. CeeDee Lamb has a bad year. Yep. Cooper has a bad year. Gallup yep. has a bad year, right? That, I mean, this could be a, a pretty bad domino effect. That's why CeeDee Lamb, to me, is su- such a it's, a... it's such an intriguing pick, but ultimately can only elect to, to use him for DFS. That's well, my that's my take. Using him, to, trying to take him in a season long format in the draft. I think he, he's a great talent, but again, I just I'm very worried about Dak. And again, if 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 you know, it, it also I thought it was very interesting that they make it a news report about his MRI results looking clean. That to me felt staged and polished, and it felt very media uh, centered to do that. It it didn't. It's having a MRI, but don't worry. It's yeah, no big deal. Don't worry. You know, why do it, we know about it? Right. It, it was a very pointless. It, it's media does strange things, and I thought them reporting on his MRI was very strange. As much as I am high on Devontae Adams and, and Jones, um, if Aaron Rodgers has a bad year or a bust year, remember, everyone's looking at his MVP year last year. Maybe he knew I'm getting out of Green Bay, and he played a little free and clear. This year, I've said it before, I don't think he's going to fight for that extra yardage. I don't think he's going to be the same Aaron Rodgers. Do you look at Rodgers being a bust at where he's being drafted? Maybe if he goes down, what happens to Devontae Adams? Yeah, it, 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 that it definitely a, a profound effect there. Um, you know, it, do you ever see a season where um, Aaron Rodgers is just going to be ordinary? You know, yeah, he's had them the two you know, two of the last uh, three. I mean, yeah. three seasons. Look, take away the MVP. We were all going. He's right. old. Yep. Here it goes. You know, yeah. I'm not taking away. He's being drafted in some spots ahead of Kyler Murray. He's being drafted as the number four or five quarterback off the board. Yeah, he's why? Poised. Because of one MVP season? Come right. on, he's poised to to disappoint. That's for sure. Um, but again, um, so yeah, do I? But do I see him being ordinary again? I, I don't know. I don't know why I don't feel that it's in there. I don't. I also don't think it's a lock that he's going to be better than Kyler Murray either. Yeah, that's, well, and that's I, the problem. I think he's clearly outside the one, two, three at at that point. Um, let me throw a, a guy at you here that to me can go either way. And I've heard people going, you know what? He can win the MVP. I heard people going, you know what? Big bust in fantasy circles. Lamar Jackson, two years removed from an MVP. We've watched his heights, right? Last year, very average year. I think he finished in most formats about quarterback eight or nine. Well, that wasn't very good. He's got a lot more weapons this year. But they're also saying, you know what, we have to be cautious because they're going to sign him to a long-term extension. Do they let him run as much? Where are you on Lamar Jackson? Because I think he could be all over the road. He can be all over the road, although my take is I think I think you can count on him with a relative degree of safety that he's going to be very good. I, I, I think a lot of what he's done with his fundamentals is he's really cleaned up a lot of his a lot of the sloppiness of his game. I think it's a lot more polished. It looks a lot better to me. Where do you stand on Jalen Hurts, another guy that, to me, I've watched him be taken as the fifth quarterback off the board. I've watched him fall outside the top ten quarterbacks off the board. I am not a believer in Hurts at all. I liked him in college. I don't believe—it's not even that I don't believe in Hurts. I don't believe in the surrounding people uh, in Philly. You know, their number one draft pick is already injured. He's a frail guy. Miles Sanders looked like he lost a step last year. The offensive line is a little bit banged up. You're hopefully relying upon Hurts and Goddard. I don't like Hurts at all. I get the running ability. I don't like him. He's not on my radar. No, the market is is pegging him as maybe the 11th quarterback that should be taken off the board. His average draft position looks like something around 105 to 110. So you're, you're talking about an 8th or ninth round draft pick. 
um, as it is, ninth-round draft pick. So he's not very highly touted. Um, I don't have him for much more than, you know, a couple of single digits in dollars. Um, so, yeah, that, and there is a nothing exciting there. No, it doesn't yeah. doesn't seem like it. One team we're used to always uh, saying, yeah, you know what, a bunch of these guys are going to be there. And we didn't mention a lot of New England uh, New England guys, not a lot of New Orleans guys, not a lot of Atlanta guys. Do you see anybody jumping out from any of those spots? Possibly Atlanta at running back. Um, with, you know, I, poss- possibly there there is a potential for you know their number one running back to have a good Mike season. Mike Davis, he could be okay, yeah, you know, I like but it. I worry about the workload. Right, exactly. Um, and you know the thing the thing about you know um, some of these teams is is that their style of play. I think the Steeler defense is back on top, which is why I like. Uh, Najee so much. I love that running. I love the 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 the, the right game styles are, are in with the right playing. When I see Harris, I see that. When I when I see um, where the Ravens are with their defense, it feels back. There's a lot of resurgent defenses that I think are going to be impactful of the playing style. Throw Rams in there. Throw Washington in there. Throw Tampa in there. To me, those are the best defenses that that you're looking at. Yep. Um, it's a deeper defensive group this year than I think we've seen in a little while. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick timeout. Come on back when we get back. We're going to do a quick top ten list with Chuck. I want to get your top ten, top twelve. Maybe we will extend it right here on Wagering Week. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet, Bet to, to the, the future. future. Bet to the future. Well, we're talking about running backs and rushing yards. How about who's going to lead the league this year in rushing yards? Well, Derrick Henry is at the top of the list at plus 275. Dalvin Cook, plus 450. Nick Chubb, plus 650. Saquon Barkley, Zeke, and Christian McCaffrey all come in at 11 to 1. That right there is bet to the future. All right, guys, we kept Chuck around. This is normally our time every single week for our fantasy focus. And instead of doing our fantasy focus this week, because it is an entire fantasy focus show, what we're going to do is we're going to go over a first-round draft. And I want Chuck's opinion basically on the first round. As much as we talk about the first round of of a draft is overanalyzed, Chuck, right? It always is. And we talk about you can't win your fantasy league, but you can kind of lose it. And people forget, you know, they're in mock drafts. You do mock drafts all year. And you watch just the idea of what people do. They played the first, maybe the second mock draft round, and then all of a sudden they leave, and it goes back to the computer anyway. And that's when you're going to win. But I understand my audience, Chuck. And my audience is obsessed with the first round. And most of them are sitting out there. They're drafting this weekend. They're sitting out there. They know the spot they're drafting in. They know what number they're going at, and they're trying to predict what they're going to do. So let's have a little back and forth here. I'm going to give you the first pick in the draft. I'll take the second. We'll go back and forth and explain the draft pick. I want to go in-depth here for the first round, even though we know the first round is way overanalyzed. So you have the first pick in the draft. It's Chuck, you're on the board. It's Christian McCaffrey. Um, there's no there's no doubt about it. There's a two fantastic a track record in the past. I just don't see a, a pick that has more compelling value. I am torn with my number two pick, Chuck. I am sitting here torn because I understand Derrick Henry should be the pick. Dalvin Cook might also be sitting here at number two. But I have worries about both of these guys. Now, it's got to be one of the two. I know from being a Florida State guy and by being a Florida State fan, watching his whole career, I know Dalvin Cook's injury history. 
is go he's gonna miss a couple of games. Okay, I mean it's just the way that it is. Derrick Henry, I'm asking him to do things that no running back could ever do, really. But I'm gonna take him. I'm gonna take Derrick Henry number two. I'm gonna say he's a new kind of beast out there. He's a new animal that I I can't talk about. And he's gonna have another 400 yard year or 400 carry year and another 2,000 yard year because he's got 70. I'm taking him at number two. So you're taking Henry too. That leaves that does leave me in the conundrum of do I take Dalvin Cook or do I take Saquon Barkley? I think the the logic states he goes for a couple more dollars. He's projected in a few more positions, so it's Dalvin Cook. Well, I'm also sitting in a position here where I'm going to tell people a good piece of advice off of this. You knew who you were drafting with, right? Know your league mate. You know I'm not taking Barkley at three, right? So you can get him, or at four here, you can get him. You can miss him on three and know your league mates. If you're drafting in a New York-only league, maybe you go up and grab Saquon Barkley there. Know who's drafting in front of you. Is, is For snake drafts, it's so vital. I have a guy in my league. He's one of the biggest Green Bay fans, okay? He's from Texas, but he's a giant Green Bay fan. He's in one of my leagues. I know that he's taken Aaron Rodgers, he's taken Adams, he's taken Jones. He's, if he's in front of me, oh, well, I know I know where he's looking. Know that. So you took him at three, one, two, three off the board, just like we kind of predicted. I'm sitting here at number four, and I told you that I thought Kamara was going to have a little bit of a down year. I still like him. I, Ezekiel Elliott. I'm going number four overall. Give me my boy, Nick Chubb, man. I love him. I've been a fan of him since college. I think he's dynamic. And even if he doesn't produce number four overall, I think he's a guy that can produce inside the top ten pretty comfortably. I love the floor, the very high floor. Give me Nick Chubb at number four. So then that leaves me simply there's too much value then left with – Saquon Barkley, I would slide Saquon Barkley then in in the next pick at five. And we know that the Barkley love is there at five. So I'm sitting here staring at number six. And staring at number six, I told you another guy. I'm a Bears fan, but I understand value. Again, I'm going safety in the first round. I preach safety. I have to go safety. Aaron Jones may not produce like the number six overall player, but he's not going to produce like he shouldn't be a first rounder. Aaron Jones has massive upside. He might be the best running back when all is said and done this year. But I also know that I'm not going to kick myself and say, I wish I didn't take Aaron Jones. I'll take Aaron Jones on safety alone at six. And ladies and gentlemen, here's where it gets a little bit dicey, I think. You're up for number seven. So I'm looking at Travis Kelsey, I'm looking at Alvin Kamara, and I'm looking at Zeke Elliott. And I ask myself, which of these three lets me sleep at night? And that's very clear. It's Travis Kelsey. I don't want to take those other two players. I have reasons that I think that they could be guys that you regret that your draft was blown up in the first round with if you took those guys. So that, to me, becomes the concern. I go Travis Kelsey at seven. Yeah, look, I can't argue with you there. You know, I'm a big Kelsey guy. I think you could argue that he could even be inside that top five based on pure safety numbers, and that's what we're discussing here. So, yeah, uh, okay, you went there. I'm going to take Kamara. It's a small fall here. I've been a Kamara guy. I worry about the Winston thing. I worry about the Taysom Hill situation. I worry that Michael Thomas isn't there. But what I don't worry about is this. I know he's got the skill set, and I know Sean Payton loves to use him in varied ways. Alvin Kamara here, I wish I wasn't having to take him, but in a lot of ways, he might be a steal at eight. I'll take Kamara. Therefore, like I said, so many of the picks get made for you by 
the guy that took just before you, I think you make my mind up on Devontae Adams right there at nine. I think that's the solid pick to go at with the ninth pick. As you can see, me and Chuck constantly going back and forth on safety. And it's the safety pick. And there's going to be people listening to us saying, oh, I can't believe you took a wide receiver there. I can't believe you took a tight end there. But you're never going to look back, Chuck, right, and and go, oh, well, you know what? I, I, I wish I didn't have him on my team. You might say, I could have taken him in the second round, but you took him around early. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. You're getting production out of him, which is important. Here, I'm going to go. I'm going to be that guy that takes Ezekiel Elliott. And you're sitting here at 9, and I think at 9, you have to take a shot at Ezekiel Elliott. At this point, he's fallen too far. He does have league-winning upside. He's, he's at 10 there for you, right? No, I went 9 on Devontae Adams. You go 10 then on Zeke. So Zeke falls to a 10th pick. Right, right. right. So, But this late in the draft, yep. I think you yep. have to take That's a shot pick. at Zeke. It, Zeke at 10 is a is a, is a Better pick than Zeke at six. And it's sure. almost that we're not worried about his health. We're worried about Dak Prescott's health, which is a weird situation that we're not worried with Kamara as well. Kamara and Zeke, we're not worried about their situation. We're worried about kind of outside forces situation. So, okay, here we go. Number 11. There, What do you got? So this is a guy that's going to surprise people by me putting him into the first round. But, again, I'm about sleeping at night with the pick I make. And I'm jumping in, putting Antonio Gibson into the first round at 11. Wow. You know, I'm a big Gibson guy, but that is a bold pick. It's a bold pick because a guy like Jonathan Taylor's on the board. And everyone's always looking at Jonathan Taylor, it seems, this offseason. Now, with my 12th pick, I know I get a double back-to-back pick. So we're going to go a little bit further than round one, only because I'm going to explain to you my, my theory here. I can certainly go with a Tyree Kill or a Stephon Diggs. I am somebody that explained earlier, I want to wait on wide receivers, right? You might even go out there and say, you know, maybe this is the time to to go take a a stab at a Joe Mixon or a Najee Harris, uh, perhaps. But I know that I got the turn here, and I got the turn, which means I get two picks. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. And I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to take the security of Jonathan Taylor, meaning I know he's the guy in Indianapolis, even though Marlon Mack might take a couple of carries. Uh, and, and, you know, you might have to worry about the Carson Wentz situation, but maybe not. I'll take Jonathan Taylor on security. So if I have security here, what do I have an opportunity to do? I could take a guy that could have massive upside. I'm going to skip the wide receivers here, and I'm skipping a lot of them, and I'm going Austin Eckler. Now, Najee Harris was on the board. He's a guy that I kind of like. But Austin Eckler, for the time that I watched him, and remember, we talked about I know his playoff schedule, and the Chargers' playoff schedule is fantastic. So I'm going to take Taylor and Eckler to kind of round out this first round. But I think as the listeners saw here, Chuck, it's about all sitting here, and it's about safety in the first round. Don't reach. Don't take a stab. If a guy falls to you, that's fine. With that said, let's have the age-older argument. This year, because it's not the same for every year, this year, what is your most ideal number to pick from, and what is the number you don't want? So I I really don't want five, and I don't want anywhere from five to ten. So call that five, six, seven, eight, nine, 
and 10. That's six, that's six packs that to me are kind of dead. I want to get one of those top three running backs. So I want to have one, two, or three, or else I don't want to touch again until 11. Because then at 11, I'm talking about getting potentially my quarterback prize. I might even go with Najee Harris there at like 12 or 13 like you just did. So um, that that remains a possibility. If I get the fourth pick, I'm 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 churning over it. it it's going to have me. You're going to get Barkley in every league at, four, at number four. You might even get him at number five, so yeah. it might not be terrible. It may not be terrible, but again, it's... I, I feel very good about the top three that that's what I want. I could accept four. Five I don't want. I don't want to take, even though it's not a bad value pick, I don't want to take Kelsey. I don't want to take some, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get Zeke even at 10, although I could live with Zeke. Um, there's enough to worry about there. And so for, so in terms of what I want, yeah, I guess it's, let's call it I want one through four. Do you want number one overall, or you're perfectly fine getting four? I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't have to have it. That's how I am. Look, I like McCaffrey a lot. But McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, one, two, three. And guess what? I don't even want any of these top picks. I love pick 11 and 12 this year. You know, I see all that value at 11 and 12. You got Gibson. I said Taylor. In a lot of leagues, Devontae Adams will be available. In a lot of leagues, Travis Kelsey will be available. There's an opportunity that Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones may fall down that far. If not, uh, there's an opportunity that somebody just really, truly doesn't like uh, wide receivers at all, and you might double it back. Is it crazy for somebody to take Adams and Hill, you know, back-to-back and just say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm punting running backs. So this year for me, give me the tail end. I love the double pick. I, I love the double pick, and I love doing the double pick where I go running back and quarterback. I love to pair. I, I don't mind pairing Patrick Mahomes with a talented running back in the right spot. That, to me, works I like that combination. I never like coming out of any draft with two running backs because I've I've shot myself in the foot then at wide receiver or quarterback. That's my take on on that positioning. It's funny you mentioned Patrick Mahomes and I'm sitting here going, "All right, well, you know, you get an opportunity at like 11, maybe you could get Hill and Kelsey and then Mahomes in the third and I'm going, "Nah, Mahomes ain't lasting to the third." I mean, he no, just really isn't. He's not, not lasting to the third. And, and you know, I think that that's going to be the interesting thing about drafts this year is the Patrick Mahomes factor to me is something to really watch. We know the running backs. We know, okay, guy's going to fall here or there. The Patrick Mahomes factor to me is something really, really to watch because, as you said, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to go into the second round. Most drafts people are going to reach for him. They're going to get him about the mid-second round. When is the next quarterback going? Fourth? You know, fifth. So the difference between Mahomes and the rest of the field is going to be massive. Chuck, it has been fantastic. We're going to have to take a break here. Come on back. I have my best bet of the week, but it's been great. That's Chuck T. Rotomills, fantasy expert. He's here for all things fantasy. Guys, you're listening to Wager Week, and I want to say thank you very much to Chuck T., our Rotomill fantasy expert. We're going to have him on over the course of the season, jumping on in, giving us all the Roto advice, DFS advice, changes week to week. So make sure you pay attention and tune in. I'm Tom Barton for wagering week we'll be back and you can bet on that this has been a presentation of the sports garden network to be part of the show call 1-855-4-GARTEN that's 1-855-442-7386 connect with us on facebook and twitter at sports garden that's g-a-r-t-e-n get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.